Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job encourages us to get out of our cave and step into our call from God. The moment that you stop and say, I'm done running, I have had enough. I'm going to deal with my issues. I'm going to face my problems. I'm going to go to the hard places because God has a purpose and a call on my life. I'm not going to stay in the cave forever. And welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute, and he's the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. On yesterday's program, Mark began a lesson on what it takes to really break out of spiritual stagnancy in order to step into the place God has called us to. And today, we'll discover more about the importance of choosing to make that change as we dive into part two of our message titled, Break Out of Isolation. If you have your Bible with you, open to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, We'll follow along with Mark as we learn more about Elijah's story, a man on the run hiding from everyone he knew. So now here's Mark from his series, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. We're more connected than we've ever been, but we are more isolated than we have ever been before. You're a Twitter away from your next friend. We're hyper-connected, hyper-connectivity, where we can Twitter and call and message and Facebook and connect with people, but although we're super, super connected and go with withdrawals if you leave your smartphone at home. How about it? You left your smartphone home? Oh, oh, oh. What's wrong with you? Are you having a heart attack? No, I left my smartphone at home. I'm going to have to be out without it for three hours. <sighs> but at the same time, there's this eerie loneliness about most people. You could be surrounded by people, but yet incredibly isolated. You could be surrounded with people all the time and yet be incredibly isolated and alone because the presence of people doesn't mean connection with people. Elijah was isolated, lonely, we can tell from his background that he had experience. He believes that he is all by himself, that everybody else has abandoned God, that God even doesn't care about him very much, and that, that he finds himself alone and believes that no one else really cares about the things that God has called him to do. Number two, breaking out of isolation does not only mean reaching a point where we no longer accept our current circumstances and have to say, I've had enough. But breaking out of isolation also involves positioning ourselves for a fresh encounter with God that can break through the barriers of isolation. You see, you can't fabricate an encounter with God, but you can position yourself for an encounter with God. You can orchestrate a divine encounter, but you can position yourself for a divine encounter. Elijah could have stayed in the desert. He could travel to the cave, and he just chose to travel to the cave. I, I believe that you can't 
make someone see you, but you can position yourself to be seen. Every woman in this auditorium knows what I'm talking about. She knows that cute guy she's seen at work and she can't, you know, she doesn't want to force herself, but she can position herself in the elevator at the right time with the right hair blowing and the light in her and say, oh, hi, you, yeah, oh, <laughs> what a chance encounter. Come on, ladies. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Hey, you can't force an encounter, but you can position yourself for an encounter. With God, you can't enforce an encounter with God, but you can position yourself for an encounter with God. That means you go to the place where you know that God shows up. You go to the place you know the presence of God is. You go to the place where you know that you're more likely than not to experience an encounter with God. You know, Friday night at a nightclub, you're not going to typically encounter God. Now, God can show up anywhere at any time, but there are places and situations where you position yourself for an encounter with God. Elijah went to the mountain of God because that was the last place the presence of God had shown up in a powerful way. He was looking for a place where he knew God would show up. He was looking for a place that had the God divine environment, and so he was driven to the cave. He was positioning himself for for something that only God could do. He went to the mountain of God. It's interesting that he went into a cave because sometimes, well, he didn't just go to the mountain of God, but sometimes in our desperation, we go to the right place, but we're still in our cave. You can be in the house of God in a church place like this where you expect to encounter the divine. And yet you could still be in the cave of your own isolation. And although you're physically present here, you can be mentally and spiritually not present here. How about it? Yeah, I know. I've seen those empty looks at times. Like, hi, I know you're not listening to me. I know you're not home. Hello. Elijah went to the mountain of God, but he got in the cave. He was in the right place, but he was in the wrong kind of position. He went to the mountain expecting a divine encounter, but he got into the cave. And God had to actually lure him out of the cave to experience his presence. You see, there's a paradox that exists in our lives that oftentimes when we most need God and when we most need relationship, we most isolate ourselves from God and relationship. When you most need God and when you most need people, oftentimes is when you most isolate yourself from the greatest resource that could transform you. That's an encounter with God and community with other people. It's been happening since the beginning of creation. As I was reading this passage of scripture, I was reminded of the account found in Genesis of Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us that God created Adam and Eve and put them in a garden. I mean... How can you have a better setting? A man, a woman, no work, hey, no kids, in the garden, and they really messed it up. I mean, you would think in that kind of setting they would try to keep that, but they messed it up. They disobeyed. They ate of the forbidden fruit, and suddenly something changed within them. Theologians call it the fall of man. It's affected every person born from Adam on 
out, it's affected us. It's, the, it's affected our birth. We are born with a sinful nature because of what Adam gave to us. But in the garden, the first reaction that Adam and Eve had, the Bible says that if you read in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3, that God, after they had fallen, that God went through the garden and it says, the Lord God called to man, where are you? Now, when God asks a question, he always knows the answer to that question because he's omniscient. You don't play hide and go seek with God. He always wins. So when God says, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that he did not know where Adam was. Is that he wanted Adam to admit where he was. And then Adam shyly comes out of the bush where he was hiding. And he says this to God. I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. Hold on, Adam. You've just made the biggest mistake in your life. And instead of going to God, you're hiding from God. Do you see our reaction? He just failed miserably. And instead of running to God and saying, oh God, I failed. I need you. He hid from God. He just messed up his marriage. And instead of running to Eve and saying, let's get on our knees and ask forgiveness from God, they hide from each other, blame each other, and hide from God. You know what drove them to hide? Fear and shame. You see, here's what happens when we fail. When we fail, when we have issues, when we make mistakes, when we see the ugliness inside of us, we become convinced that if people really knew us the way that we really are, they would not like us. That we, we are convinced that deep inside, we are unlovable. Many of us hide from shame and fear and guilt. Some of you have been coming to this church for some time and no one can even get close to the real issues in your life because you strong arm them. You hold people at a distance because if you feel like they really got close, they would see who you really are and the facade that you're holding up would fall apart. And so you've made a habit of holding people at a distance. You hold God at a distance. You hold people at a distance. You hold your spouse at a distance. You hold everybody around you because the fear, guilt, and shame that you have inside. You did what Adam did thousands of years ago and what people have done throughout the century. When you most need God, you hold God away. You know, it works for you to keep people out, but it also works in keeping you alone. This is Bold Steps. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. Mark will continue this lesson on breaking out of isolation in just a moment, so keep listening. 
But did you know that you can hear this program any time of day, wherever you go, by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast? You can even access these messages through your smart speakers at home or in the office. Here's how to do that. Say, Alexa, enable Moody Radio. Then, Alexa, open Moody Radio. And then, Alexa, play Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job from Moody Radio. And to learn more about all the ways you can listen to these insightful Bible-based messages, just visit our website at boldstepsradio.org. All right, now let's get to the second half of today's message. It's titled, Break Out of Isolation. Here again is Mark Job. Breaking out of isolation also involves answering the question of how we ended up in the cave of isolation in the first place. Look at what it says at the end of verse 13. What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah responds to God. He wakes up in the morning in the cave, and the first words he hears from God is, What are you doing here? If you're in a cave today, if you've been stuck today, if you're in a place where you haven't moved forward and you know you should have, I, I think you hear the voice of God whispering to your soul. What are you doing here? Not in church, but what are you doing in the cave of isolation? Why are you still stuck? Many of us will do like Elijah did. Notice in his response, the response that Elijah gives, he takes no responsibility for his condition. He blames the people of Israel. He blames God. He blames other prophets. He blames his circumstances, but he takes no responsibility himself for being in the cave. Most of us, if I were to shove a mic in front of your face and say, why are you stuck? Most of us, our initial gut reaction is to blame people and to blame circumstances. But most of us do not take responsibility for the cave that we're in. Let me tell you something. Yeah, let let me say it really clearly. You are responsible for the cave that you are in. Now you can clap. Oh, no, Pastor, you don't know my husband. Oh, my husband. If, If it weren't for my husband, I wouldn't be stuck. Oh, that man. He drives me crazy, gets me angry, then I go in fits of rage, and I start cussing and swearing, then I'm unhappy, then I'm mad. If I, it weren't for my husband, I wouldn't be in the cave. Let, let me tell you something. Your husband may facilitate your cave living, but your husband is not responsible for your cave. You are responsible for reacting to your husband the way you do and keeping yourself in your own cave. Your husband is not responsible for your cave. I see a bunch of husbands saying, are you listening, honey? Are you listening, honey? No one is responsible for the cave that you live in but you. When you start realizing, I am responsible for the cave that I'm in, and if I know I'm responsible, it's a great news because I know also I am responsible to get out of my cave. That if I wasn't put in this cave, then I can get out of this cave as well. That I can take steps to set myself free by the power of God out of this cave. Now, now here's, why do we end up in the cave? Well, 
I believe we live in, in, end up in the cave of isolation oftentimes because of discouragement with life circumstances, disappointment with other people. We don't trust him. Fear that others will not accept us or be disappointed in us. Preoccupation with our own life or our own problems. Deception thinking that leads us to believe we don't really matter to God. I don't know why you're in your cave, but usually in the cave we start thinking, I don't matter to God. I don't matter to others. My life doesn't matter. If I died today, it wouldn't make a difference. I'm alone. I'm isolated. I'm a failure. I'm unlovable. I'm a victim of my circumstances. Does that sound familiar? Because if you've been in the cave, you've heard the echoes of those words. No one really cares about you. The only way that you can be jolted out of that is a fresh encounter with God. And God spoke to Elijah through a still small voice when he came out of the cave and God whispers to Elijah. He speaks into his destiny. He speaks into his life. He lets him know, Elijah, you're not alone. And your life does matter. And by the way, you thought you were the only one. Guess what? There are 7,000 others who have not bowed their knee to Baal or kissed the statue. You are not alone. Elijah needed to hear that. He needed to know that, that there was others, that God was with them, that his life did matter, that there were other people that, that were in his same position, that he was a part of a bigger community, that God had a purpose and a plan for his life. He needed to believe that. And today, if you're in the cave, you need to believe that as well. You need to know that God knows your name. Oh, no, God doesn't just know your name. Listen to me. God knows your middle initial to your name. God knows your age and he knows your story and he knows every tear that you've cried and he knows the purposes he's designed you for and he knows all your garbage and all your gook and nasty stuff and the Bible tells us while you we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. Yeah, he's not afraid of your garbage. He's not running from your garbage. He knows it, and yet he still loves you. That's what the Bible declares. And number four, and lastly, breaking out of isolation also involves taking brave steps to build relationship with people that add to our life and don't just take from it. Elijah had been for years battling with Ahab the king. All of his relationships seem to revolve around conflict, around battling. But he doesn't seem to have anybody in his life that's actually with him, imparting into him, sharing the responsibility on the journey with them. You know, in life, there's two kinds of relationships. There's the relationships that drain you, and there's the relationships that empower you. If all your life is spent around people that drain you and none of it is spent with people that empower you and fill you, then chances are that you're going to end up pretty depleted. You need to have a balance that there needs to be some people around you that, that are just people that when you're around them, your faith grows, your positivity increases, your love for God, your mission you need to be around some people that when you walk away, you feel like, wow, that was good. That was fun. 
I'm more excited about life. If all the people around you, when you walk away, it's like, ah, my life is sapped out of me. I hope I don't see them for three more weeks. <laughs> if all your life is around people that drain you, zap the energy, and you have no people in your life that empower you, that speak into you, that build, that, that, that uh, you can't determine all of the relationships in your life, but you can choose the kind of relationships that you put yourself in. God told Elijah, Elijah, I want you to go back the way you came. Because some of us, what we try to do is we run from our circumstances when we're in the cave and we believe that what needs to happen is our circumstances need to change. God does not change Elijah's circumstances. God changes Elijah to go back into his circumstances. I don't think you heard me. God doesn't change Elijah's circumstances. God changes Elijah's attitude to be able to walk back into his circumstances and face it with a different kind of attitude. Yeah. So God says, go back the way you came. Where did he come through? The desert of depression. Face your depression. Face your fears. Don't run from it. Face it. Face your addiction. Don't run from it. Face it. Face your anger problem. Stop running from your anger problem and face it. But the moment that you stop and saying, I'm done running. I have had enough. I'm not going to run from my circumstances. I'm going to step into them and I'm going to deal with them no matter how painful they may be. I'm going to deal with my issues. I'm going to face my problems. I'm going to go to the hard places because God has a purpose and a call on my life. I'm not going to stay in the cave forever. What does that mean for you? I don't know exactly what that means for you. For Elijah, it meant that he needed a partner, and he went out and got Elijah. It also meant that he needed to be a part of a group of prophets that believed that were on mission with him. It meant that he needed to know that he was not alone. He needed to create some relationships. He needed to become a part of community. I don't know what it means for you. Maybe it means that you need to stop running out of church as soon as it's over, and you need to get to know some people around you, know their name. Maybe it means that you need to finally join a small group and stop procrastinating and postponing it. Maybe it means that you need to get some counseling and go to the hard places instead of moping about the hard places. Maybe it means that you need to find a mentor and start meeting for spiritual growth. Maybe it means that you finally need to start realizing that God can use me even though I have issues and start getting involved and letting God use you. I don't know exactly what it means, but I know that some of you need to come to the point where you say, I've had enough. I want God's way in my life. You're listening to Mark Job right here on Bold Steps. And Mark, your message really speaks to the importance of change and choosing to seek God's way instead of our own as we step into a new year. That's a powerful message. It is. And Wayne, one of the big issues that a lot of us face is isolation. We sometimes, when we're struggling, we just pull back from people. Mm -hmm. If you're not a part of a community of faith right now, you haven't found a church, I want to urge you, challenge you, push you 
to get out of your bedroom, out of your house, and find a good community of faith. Some of you need to determine, I will not be isolated in 2023. I will find community, a healthy, good, encouraging community that helps me grow and pushes me towards God. And so some of you need to determine, I will break out of isolation. And as we take some bold steps into this new year and this series we're featuring, let's talk about the book, Unstuck. Yeah, so many of you know that I wrote a book called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. You know, Wayne, when I wrote this book, I enlisted people to fast and pray for me. So I wrote it in about 70 days, and I had 70 people that signed up. And I knew that when I was writing that there was someone that was actually abstaining from food and was praying for me. Important, huh? In fact, in the back of the book, I believe it's still there, I list the names. I'm looking to see the new edition. Yep. I list the names of all the people that fasted and prayed while I was writing this book. Excellent. Because I believe that this book has a powerful spiritual message to get people out of their place of being stuck spiritually and into the call that God has for their lives. Well, let me explain to everyone that you can request your copy of Unstuck today when you give a financial gift of any amount by going online to boldstepsradio.org or make that donation over the phone by calling us at 844-615-7363. Did you write that down? 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. 820 North LaSalle, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And with that, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to come back tomorrow when Mark begins a new message from our Unstuck series titled Rethink Your Thinking. That's coming up on Wednesday's edition of Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.